Welcome to Delivered Life Ministries, The Call. This podcast is designed specifically so you will learn how to use God's biblical strategies and spiritual warfare and to pray effectively using spiritual weapons he's given you to pull down strongholds in your life and take victory over Satan's devices. We invite you to be saved, be immersed in scripture, be encouraged, be uplifted, be empowered, be combat ready for spiritual warfare so that you will be free. You will now be connected to the podcast already in progress. We thank you. We give you praise and honor. Uh, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this ministry um, that you have birthed in us. And we are truly excited about what's, what you're doing tonight. And so, God, we pray right now that you would release your angels of protection over every household yeah. uh, right now that's listening. We ask, God, that you would release them and protect them against any uh, demonic spirit. Yeah, and, we, and right now we bind and rebuke every yeah. demonic spirit that is set against this ministry and every call or yeah. call or participant that's on the call right now in Jesus' yeah. name. We bind the screech owl. We bind every hindering spirit. We bind every poltergeist-type spirit. We take authority over every demon that has released against this ministry, every creeping uh, demonic spirit that would be released against us at night. We bind it right now. We bind every vampire spirit, and we forbid them to operate in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you tonight. We ask, God, that you would release and loose your angels to guard and protect us and to awaken our ears this morning to hear as the learned God. We, we ask, God, that you would release your Holy Spirit, God. Release your Holy Spirit. We invite you in this morning, God, in Jesus' name. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you in every home. We invite you, Lord, to sit with us. We invite you. Uh, Jesus Christ, to sit with us in the morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, um, I was watching um, a TV program um, the other night, and it was was funny that I was, was, it was Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas tree, I think it was. And it was funny because I sat there because I remembered this cartoon and Charlie Brown Christmas and all the other different Christmas shows that were coming on um, TV. And I was just kind of sitting there watching it um, and kind of laughing at the same time because, um, you know, it was just brought back memories. But um, I was looking at the story intently because uh, Charlie Brown was trying to find the understanding um, or trying to get find the real meaning of Christmas. And he was trying to put on play, um, and it, was, it wasn't really coming together for him. Um, things were kind of falling apart, and, and he kind of got angry with, you know, the bunch. And he got a little heated. And so Lucy said that she would take it over and send him out on a mission to find 
uh, a Christmas tree. And she gave him specific instructions of what kind of tree to find. And, uh, you know, she gave very detailed. She told she said to find an aluminum tree and find it with all the lights and all of the decorations and, um, and ornaments on this tree. And so he had, so him and, uh, I believe it was Linus had set out to find this on this journey to find this tree. And I guess they got to this tree lot and they saw all types of colorful types of trees and things of that nature. And, um, they walked to, um, when it was, as they were walking through, they really didn't see, you know, Charlie Brown really didn't see anything that was, you know, representative of what he thought Christmas was. And, and then he walked to another part of the lot and then he saw this, um, this tree, this little tiny little tree. Um, it barely had any needles on it. And him and Linus stand looking at the tree and it was kind of debating and and to Charlie, it looked like, you know, this is representative of Christmas. And it wasn't much. It, this tree wasn't much. It didn't look like much. Um, when they moved it or when they tried to pick it up, the needles fell off of it. And, you know, and, and at some point, you know, Charlie, I mean, Charlie said, you know, this thing will look okay, um, would be okay. And then when he tried to set an ornament on top of it, mm-hmm. that tree fell over from the top and... You know, he then it, you know, as as that he thought he killed the tree because of the ornament. Um, but Linus kind of took his blanket off and threw around the bottom of it and kind of stood it up and said, you know, tr- this tree would be okay. And and so they took the tree back to the to the gang, back into the auditorium, or back where the stage was, and um, they presented the tree in front of everybody and. Man, they joned on Charlie so bad. I made him feel so bad about that tree. And, and, and because it was falling over, it didn't look anything like anything. It had just had, it had barely had any needles on it. Um, and so they joned him so bad. And then Charlie kind of went out and kind of upset about it and said he still didn't really understand the meaning of Christmas. Um, and then Linus stood up. And he gave this tremendous sermon on stage, and he explained what Christmas was about. Um, so it caused me to pause and think when I saw him in this, when I, when I saw Linus and saw him uh, make this speech to kind of think about, you know, this time of the season and what we're doing and what we're running around doing, and we're seeing the the Black Friday sales and the Cyber Monday sales and the year-end blowouts and um, crowds of people running around trying to find gifts to buy and uh, and everything and we and it's not that anything's wrong with that not that there's anything bad with that but it caused me to think about you know where this frenzy of gift giving and stuff started whether this gift tradition um, start and where did it originate um and in god himself gave humanity a gift um and was the greatest gift that he could give humanity um and 
he gave us the gift of salvation uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, um, so that we can be, so that we can be saved. Um, he gave us a gift um, of salvation, gave us the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ so that we could be saved. So what does this gift of salvation have to do with anything? Um, I mean, what does it have to do with our healing and deliverance ministry? I mean, what does it mean? What is that? You know, what is what is uh, the Christian doctrine of salvation? What is it? What does salvation really have to do with deliverance and um, healing and, and things of that nature? So as it comes, we bring together, uh, uh, especially also in this in this season. So it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a seasoned veteran or or where your Christian walk is or how new you are. Um, I don't care. I don't. It doesn't matter if you know if if you are a, a Muslim or Buddhist or Catholic or Hindu. Um, you too can receive salvation. Um, so each week, as we build as we go forward, um, we're going to develop a foundation, and hopefully, this foundation. Uh, will put you in, to the part, to the point where you'll be able to gauge in spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm. Um, when we when we look at salvation, if you think about it, um, what does it really mean? What is it really referencing to? I mean, when we hear salvation, we think of, or when we think about being saved, we think about uh, being rescued, we think about it uh, being preserved from some pres- you know preserved from something. Um, we think about that word saved being uh, something to the fact of giving a lifeline. Um, it could be different things that, there, that there's a, there's a connotation of that there being some type of harm or ruin. Or, or something that's going to keep us from from dying. And so we look at saved, saved, saved. Um, we can think of it of being something to the degree of being redeemed uh, from the bondage, from bondage or something, or saved from death. It's an immediate thing. Um, and so when we go and we can take a look at um, Acts 16, um, and we're going to pick it up at the 22nd verse. And if you don't have your Bibles, we will encourage you to bring your Bibles because this is going to be a deep, this, this will be, we'll be diving pretty much through scriptures because everything, like I said, will be spiritually, will be scripturally based. Um, we think of of being saved, and when I think about it, I'm thinking of maybe being in the middle of the ocean somewhere, and if I fell in some type of deep water and I couldn't swim to get myself out, I'd want somebody to throw me a lifeline, Um, and I don't want them to think about throwing me a lifeline. I want them to do it immediately. Um, 
And when we look at verse 16, we look at the Acts chapter 16, um, we're going to pick it up from the, uh, I guess, the, 20, the 22nd verse, I would believe. Um, and this is the story of Paul and Silas. And um, they were thrown into prison um, for speaking, uh, speaking the word of God, speaking the word of truth. We're picking it up from the second, 22nd verse, and it says that, and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore their clothes and commanded uh, to beat them. And when they had many stripes upon them, they cast them into a prison, uh, and, charging, and charging the jailer, the Philippian jailer, to keep them safely who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang songs unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And I want you to pay attention to what happens next because there was a supernatural event that happened um, after they prayed, after they prayed and they, after they worshiped. God. Um, and suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all of the doors flung open and everyone's hands that were bound, they were loosed. And so we see that something happened um, supernaturally and the jailer realized what was going on, that there was danger. There was something going on in his life and, or something going on around him, and he needed a, to be rescued. He felt he needed to be rescued. He felt he needed to be saved from something um, because it was such an event. Obviously, it shook him. It scared him, um, and he didn't know what was going on or what happened, and so was we look down to the 27th verse, verse, it says, And the keeper of the prison, <clears throat> he was waking out of his sleep and seeing that the doors were open. You know, he drew out his sword and he was getting ready to commit suicide. So we sit here and think about there's an event that's happening, and it's so overwhelming um, that at this time he was trying to, he got to the point where, you know, he was going to take his life um, for something. Um, and I, just to kind of give you a bat, little bit of background as to why he was getting ready to commit suicide. Um, the Philippian jail back in those times, a jailer was responsible for every life that was in the jail. And if any one person had escaped the jail, um, that jailer was responsible to uh, fulfill the sentence of that prisoner or of every prisoner that was in the jail. So he immediately woke up thinking, and when he saw the doors open and all the chains being fall, fallen off everyone, he immediately thought, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve these sentences for all the jailers that escaped. And I didn't do anything. 
and I didn't do anything. There was something that happened to me, and speaking of the jailer, he's feeling like something just happened to me, and and I need to be rescued. Somebody saved me. I don't want to serve these sentences for all these. So he decided he was going to take his life. But Paul had cried out to him with a loud voice and stopped him from committing this horrible thing against himself. Um, and then he called out for the light, and he sprang in, and he came trembling, and he fell down. The, the jailer himself fell down before Paul and Silas. And he asked them a specific question. And in verse 30, it says that, you know, he brought them out. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? So we're looking at salvation and saving from a great calamity and great danger. The earthquake happened. And he was in danger. He realized the fact that he could have been killed in that earthquake. He was, his life was suddenly spared because he was getting ready to kill himself. And then Paul cried out and said, don't do yourself any harm. So he was getting ready to, so he was saved from that. Um, and so he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and your house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved and your house. <clears throat> and that was the answer that he gave them. So we see that when we look at salvation, we look at the word being saved and salvation. It is the act of preservation from destruction, from danger, or calamity. Um, we see that salvation is a lifeline. Um, he's, it is also, it's also being rescued, as Webster would put it. Um, the Greek definition of salvation if you write this down, if you're following, is soteria. And that's spelled S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Soteria. S-O-T-E-R-I-A. And the meaning, the meaning of it is deliverance. It's preservation. Salvation. Um, it's material and temporal difference from danger or apprehension. Soteria. The Hebrew word to that also is yasa. Y-A-S-A is how it's spelled. And it means to come out. It means to be brought out. It means to go out. So as we see this same word, salvation, concerns an eternal or spiritual deliverance. 
eternal spiritual deliverance. So that kind of brings together why salvation in itself, what it has to do with healing and deliverance. It means deliverance. Salvation is deliverance. Um, it's a deliverance from danger or suffering. Um, also, too, that deliverance in itself is from God. Um, and it's part of the blessing of being in the covenant, in covenant with, with him. And if those who were following us on the Facebook page, I had put, we had put something up on, um, on earlier in the week and concerning um, covenant relationship. And we, if you hadn't had a chance to look at it, we mentioned that, that there are benefits in being in covenant. There are promises of being in covenant relationship. Um, and in John, and it's throughout chapters 14, I believe, 14 through, um, I think 14 through 17, I think was what was I was referencing to, is that there was um, listed all the way through, you see all the benefits of being in or being under covenant relationship. And what we knew about covenant relationship, it was always initiated by God first. It was always initiated by God's first, by God first. By God first. So that means that in your distress and in your danger or in your situations, there's nothing that you can do to pull your own self out of that situation. You have to be rescued. You have to be saved. You have to be delivered. So there's no nothing that you can do. You have to rely on someone else to throw you the lifeline. So God gave us a gift to be saved. He gave us a gift of salvation so that through the through his son Jesus Christ. And so he established that covenant. He established the conditions of this gift to receive this gift. He established the covenant. He made um, conditions that we can receive it. And so when we look at this, that, and we see this, that God is the one who initiates it. He's the one that um, begins, he, he's the one that begins the relationship. He's the one that begins the lifeline for us. And so we see that um, through Acts. And we see that through through the scriptures that that in order for us to be saved, we have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, upon confession of the Lord, his, for his purpose, the gospel is, is the saving, is the saving instrument for, for salvation. So we stop and we can pause for a second. Um, and we can think about where we are um, in our walk. It may not be perfect right now. It may not have been, you may have not crossed every eye, dotted every teeth, so to speak. Um, and you have, may have taken a couple stumbles back. But there's always a way that through Jesus Christ that if you just make that decision to turn, 
away from what it is you're doing and come back to him and come back in the covenant relationship, you can be restored. You can be made whole. You can be uh, made new again. And your life can be redeemed and saved. And if we go back and take a look again at the at the, at the scripture in Acts, we look at that. Just want to point something out that the magist- there there was a um, in verse twenty-two. We look at and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off the toilet of clothes. And we look at the magistrate, and we say the magistrate was a civil officer. He was a judge. Um, he's the one that actually conducted uh, a court for minor offenses. And he holds preliminary hearings also. When we look at the magistrate. He holds preliminary hearings for um, serious, serious cases. So, you know, I bring that up to say that, one, because he was under that the magistrates themselves was also under pressure from the crowds because the crowds wanted Paul and Silas um, thrown into prison. And so he was receiving, he was getting pressure from the outside to do something about it. And he did. Um, but we, but no matter what the pressures that we're facing, um, that we're going through, we always have an avenue we can go and um get into our closet and pray, um, and we can sing songs towards him and praise God, and then he begins to bring us out of that situation that we're in. Amen. Amen. So we see that the salvation is based, and it's based. It's it's an origin. It's originated by God in His decision. It was His decision in the beginning. He predestined it to save us all. Um, it was nothing by the works that we can do, but He decided to uh, to do this. It was God who decreed it from all eternity to provide salvation for all those who who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through faith that we that we are able to receive everything that through faith that we're receiving Christ and everything that He's done to for us, um, and we we take it unto ourselves. And once we receive it, and we believe on Him and trust in Him, that there's nothing else that can be it can't be taken away from us. It's awesome, um, Al, as you were talking, how um, in this walk, in this new season that we're going in, um, and with respect to healing and deliverance, that um, it's awesome to see how salvation is um, 
most important um, in this wall. Um, and I mean, it's funny how, yes, we were looking at that Charlie Brown's um, story and then how you can take and, and you, you sit back and you think and you just kind of relate that. Um, story to, to, your, to your walk, to our walk. Um, and it's awesome that, you know, the beginning of this uh, series, it's important that we understand salvation, what it means to be saved. And granted, you know, there are, um, I, I would suspect that there are many, and even myself, you know, over the years, um, you know, listening to messages and um, being a part of different seminars and um, sitting under leadership and, and teachings and things of that nature, um, you know, we say, you know, we know, I know that I'm saved, um, you know, because I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and um, forgive me of my sins and things like that. And it's, this is, you know, all well and it's very good. And now there are additional things that, you know, we need to make sure that we understand with regards to being saved. There are additional things that we need to put into action and understand um, what place we have in terms of what it is that God would have us to do with our walk and how we should be um, also looking out for our brother and our sister, um, our friends, um, our family. And so, um, you know, I appreciate that uh, God had spoken to us during this um, time uh, and this, or the season for Al and I to, um, you know, take the time to really uh, seek God get more into his word um, so that we can have a better understanding of how he wants us to move forward in this ministry. Um, so, you know, the fact that we are going, we're beginning with salvation from the beginning, um, I, I certainly appreciate that. It also sends me reminders to ensure that I am where I need to be and, um, you know, I believe this is where God wants us to to make sure that we understand and moving forward um, because, you know, we are going to take our life back. We are going to speak with authority. We are going to walk with the authority. Um, um, and so, you know, I'm excited. And, um, Al, I, um, you can continue. So we, we looked at two He originates uh, the decision to save us, and it's nothing that we can do, but it's by his mercy, and 
that we're able to, it's by his mercy. Um, and the situation that, we, that people want to be saved from, um, you know, we can't be apart from it. Um, and then we go through, we, we look at Romans 9 and 16. It says, so then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows his mercy, that shows his mercy. Um, and we can flip over to First Peter uh, 1 and 2, and it says, it says here that uh, the elect according to the four, the elect according to the knowledge or the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. And then we again look at Ephesians. One verse five, and it says, "Having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will." Um, so salvation, we see, is it, the free uh, is is free, but the self determination act of God. And it was made in his gracious nature that he was able to do that, um, to do that for us. And we turn also to Acts 4. Verse 10 through 12, it says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at not of, of builders, which has become the head corner, or the head of the corner. Um, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Jesus Christ is the name. Um, is who we come to. He's the one that paid that price. He's the one that redeemed us. He paid that price for us uh, so that we... You've been listening to Delivered Life Ministries, The Call. We want to thank you for spending your time with us, and we look forward to you joining us again. Our prayer is that you've chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that you were uplifted, encouraged, empowered, and set free by the power of God. You can find us on the internet at DeliveredLifeMinistries.com. We are also on Facebook at DLMINCMD and on Twitter at Delivered underscore life. Good news to take away.